remember the story, Marshall goes on to win that championship game. And they beat Xavier, and they become the champions. And guys, listen, today is big game, part four, baby. And I'm fired up. I'm fired up. You know why? Because today is a day where we celebrate life change. You heard Mike and Scott talk about it. This is Baptism Sunday. Listen, we do this twice a year, and I'm just telling you, this is one of, as a staff, as a leadership team, for me as a pastor, this is one of the most exciting Sundays of our entire year because today is the day where we celebrate the stories of life change, of what God has done in you, in all of you who are here today. Listen, this is the big game. And guys, I am fired up about it. Of course, one of the things I love about the whole Marshall story is that, that it was impossible. That after that tragedy that they went through, the school, the town, the new football team, after that, that tragedy they went through, nobody expected anything. The expectations were extremely low. And they pulled off the impossible. Don't you love an impossible story? I love it. I, I think there's something in us as human beings that, that we just were drawn, aren't we? To, to, to those moments, those stories that talk about the survivor, the, the stories that, that talk about God showing up and doing the impossible, the story of, of teams like that. I think of two years ago in the Super Bowl, the New England Patriots had run the table for 17 weeks in a row and nobody thought they could be beat. And the New York Giants showed up in the Super Bowl. All right, come on, Eli Manning. All right. And they did it, man. They overcame. And here's what I know. I know this. When you study this book, the Bible, that we believe is the Word of God, this book is filled with story after story after story of God showing up in an impossible circumstance and giving his people the victory. Story after story after story. And I'll take it a step further. There are actually stories in here, and we're actually going to look at one of them in just a minute, where God will actually stack the deck against his people just to give them victory and prove that it wasn't anything they did. It wasn't because of how cool they were, how good they were, how good-looking they were, how talented they were. It was because of God and God alone that they overcame an impossible circumstance and got the victory. And that's what I want to talk about today, because that's what we're celebrating on, in, on Baptism Sunday. We're celebrating impossible odds. We're celebrating the fact that the sin nature in us means that in and of ourselves, we have no good thing. That sin is the impossible opponent. But when Jesus came to this earth 2,000 years ago, he came to defeat the impossible opponent. And that's what we celebrate today. That's what Baptism Sunday is all about. Celebrating the stories of life change of people in our church who have overcome through God, not through our own strength, not through our own power, through God. And through Jesus' death on the cross and his resurrection, have overcome impossible opponents and seen victory. If you have your Bible, turn with me to the book of Judges, chapter 7. Judges is one of those books in the Bible that's kind of like, okay, where's that at, bro? Front, like, eighth of your Bible. <clears throat> if you don't have your Bible, that's fine. The verses will be on the screen around me. You'll be able to follow along because I want to take us to one story in the Bible today. In the book of Judges, chapter 7, that talks about God's people led by Gideon. It was the army of, of Israel, which was God's people in the Old Testament, led by Gideon, the commander of the army. And they were up against the Midianites. They were facing an impossible opponent. 
that things did not look good for God's people. And so, uh, and actually in Judges 6, if you rewind the story a little bit, uh, Gideon is real uneasy about facing the Midianites. And so he's praying to God, and he says, God, if you just give me a sign that we're going to win, that'd be great, really helpful. And so that night, he, that night, he puts a fleece out, and he says, God, if in the morning the fleece is wet and the ground is dry, I'll know you're with us and we can win. So he wakes up the next morning, sure enough, the Bible records you can wring out the fleece, it was so wet and the ground was dry. And he goes, God, um, it'd be great if you didn't get mad at me right now, but because that was cool, but any chance you could reverse it, because then I'd really know you're with us. So the next night, sure enough, fleece is dry, ground is wet. And Gideon's like, oh, game on. We are Marshall. Let's go. Let's go. So he goes. So where we pick up the story in Judges chapter 7, starting in verse 1, that's where we pick up the story. Gideon is coming to his men, basically going, all right, let's go fight. And so he's like, God, I know you're with me. The whole fleece is wet. Now the fleece is dry thing. Awesome. I know you're with me, but you're going to have to show us how this is going to get done because there's 120,000 of them soldiers on the Midianites, and there's only uh, 32,000 of us. So God, it's like four on one. This is not fair odds, but you said you're with us, so let's go. Verse one, look at what it says. Early in the morning, Gideon and all his men camped at the spring of Herod. The camp of Midian was north of them in the valley near the hill of Morah. Verse two. The Lord said to Gideon, you have too many men. Now, I don't know about you, but if I was Gideon, I'd be like, um, I'm sorry, surely you misspoke. I haven't been sleeping well. I've been, it's been raining a lot. What? God says, you have too many men. Look, I cannot deliver Midian into their hands, speaking of his troops, or Israel will boast against me. And they'll say, yeah, we did this on our own strength. Our own strength saved us. So God says, Gideon, you got too many men. The odds are not stacked against you bad enough for me to get the glory. So Gideon is like, well, what are you, what are you talking about? Because remember the whole fleece, and you said you were with us, and so I'm trusting you. Listen, here's the deal. When we face impossible circumstances, like Gideon was facing, the first thing we got to do is we got to believe God at his word. It didn't make sense. But Gideon is like, okay, God, listen, I I don't get the whole wet fleece, dry ground, dry fleece, wet ground thing. I don't get that. I don't even get why you're telling me we need to scale back the army because it kind of looks like a mismatch to me to begin with. But I believe your word. (laughs) It goes on from there, verse 3. Now, announce to the army. Here's what you need to go tell your army. Anyone who trembles with fear may turn back and leave Mount Gilead. So, I love this, 22,000 men left while only 10,000 remained. First of all, what the heck? Why did two-thirds of the army leave at the site of war? Aren't you a warrior? Are you a robot? Are you a robot woman? What are you doing? What are you thinking? A little kicking and screaming quote there for you. What in the world? Can you imagine what Gideon is thinking? It was 32,000 versus 120,000. Now, thanks to you, Lord... It's 120,000 versus 10,000. Okay, God. Odds are stacked against us. You're going to get the glory because it's 10 on 1. But he believed him. He believed God in his word. He said, okay, God, you said said you'd be with us. You said you'd deliver the Midianites into our hand. Okay, I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm with you. Verse 4. But the Lord said to Gideon, yeah, there's still too many. Really? 120,000. 10,000. And there's still too many? 
whatever. So Gideon believes him and says, look, he says, God says to Gideon, take them down to the water and I will sift them for you from there. Okay. If, if I were Gideon, here's what I would say. Hey, Lord, I appreciate your, your God and everything. I appreciate the fleece deal. That was really cool the last couple nights. I even appreciate that you want to stack the odds against us. Um, we've already had 22,000 of our guys leave. We're down to 10,000. It's 10,000 on 120,000. Um, Lord, if you need to sift some more out... Can't we just spare the trip to the watering hole? How about you just tell me what you want to do? Like, I don't know about you, but if I was giddy, I would just be like, Lord, what up? But he doesn't. He believes God is his word. So they go down to the watering hole, and he says, okay, fellas, everybody get a drink. And so some of the guys go down, and, and the scripture records that they cup the water like this, and they lap it like a dog, and they drink like that. Others just stick their face into the river and drink. So watch what God says, verse 7. The Lord said to Gideon, with the 300 men that lapped like a dog, I will save you and give the Midianites into your hands. Let all the others go. What? 120,000. You want me to send away 9,700 more soldiers. Leaving us with just a 300-person army? What? And the way we're making this decision is not on who's the strongest, who's the most capable, who are the best warriors. You're going to decide this based on how a guy gets a drink? I don't know about you, but if it were me in that moment, I would be tempted to be like, Lord, you have lost your mind. But he doesn't. He believes God and his word. He was faced with an impossible situation, impossible situation, and he believed God and his word. Verse 8, so Gideon sent the rest of the Israelites to their tent, and he kept the 300 who took over the provisions and trumpets of others. I like that little part right there. They sent the 9,700 away, and they're like, oh, but the, your leave your backpack and your trumpet. We're going to need that. Leave your stuff. I love that. They were like, no, we got it. Okay, listen, here's the deal. Then, so now that we're, we're down to 120,000 versus 300, watch what happens next. God starts to lay out the strategy of how we're going to win this war. And when he does, it is a ridiculous logic. Listen, when we face impossible circumstances in our life, the first thing we got to do is believe God at his word. The second thing we got to do is we have to trust in uncommon logic. We have to trust in uncommon logic. Verse 9, that evening, God comes to Gideon again and he speaks to him. Look what it says, verse 9. During that night, the Lord said to Gideon, get up. Go down against the camp because I'm going to give it into your hands. And Gideon, rightly so, is a little nervous. Again, fleece, water, no water, field, cool, great, awesome. But God, 120,000 versus 300, are you kidding me? And so Gideon gets a little gun shy and God says, listen, you, you want some more proof? Watch this. So he sends Gideon and another guy down like a spies and they sneak in around the Midianite camp and they sneak up on one of these tents. You've got to read this. It's amazing stuff. They sneak up on a tent and they overhear two of the soldiers of the opposite army. And one of the soldiers is waking up in the middle of the night and he says, 
I just had a dream that basically God's army came in and attacked us and blew us to smithereens. And the other one goes, we're dead. And so Gideon is looking at his buddy going, they're afraid of us. They're afraid of us. We got them. We got them. We got them. So Gideon and his, his other spy run back to the camp. And, and they, they look at each other. And he says, all right, guys, get the 300 troops together. So they pull the 300 together. Verse 16, look, dividing the 300 men into three companies, he placed trumpets and empty jars in the hands of all of them with torches inside. Can you imagine being the 300 dog-like drinking soldiers left? The 1% of the whole army that actually stayed and apparently drank right. Nice. Now you're qualified. They stay, and then when, when, when Gideon gathers them together, and he's like, all right, boys, we're going to attack them. We got them on the run. They're afraid. They're in the valley. 300 of us against 120,000. God's with us. We're believing his word. We're trusting on coming life. Here's how we're going to fight. Everybody get a trumpet. Uh, sir, you mean a sword? No, 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 not a sword. Uh-uh. God said trumpet. Like junior high band trumpet, sir. Yeah, junior high band. Grab a trumpet. Well, what else? Okay, everybody needs a jar. All three hundred jar. Bring in the jar, guys. Come on, back it up. Back up the back up the chariot. Okay, they got boxes of pickle jars. Everybody, grab a pickle jar. Pickle jar. Everybody got it. If you're missing a pickle jar, keep your hand raised so you get the pickle jars. Okay, what are the jars for? They're for our fight. A trumpet, a pickle jar, and a torch, a flashlight. That's it. That's your plan, Lord. Okay, listen. Logically, that is not ever going to make sense. 300 of us, 120,000 of them, and we don't even have any swords. We don't have any spears. We don't have any bows and arrows. We don't have any tanks. We don't have any guns. We weren't even taking horses. But they did. They trusted in an uncommon logic. So they're like, okay, Gideon, if you say take a torch, take a trumpet, and take a jar. Okay? So they trusted and believed God at his word. They trusted in an uncommon logic that didn't make sense in the natural. And third, what's true for them is true for us. When we're facing something impossible, we must boldly obey. We must respond with bold obedience. So they do it. Gideon says to them, guys, separate. Everybody, we want 100 of you over here, 100 of you over there. 100 of you stay with me. We're going to surround the whole valley with the 300 of us. Look, verse 20. The three companies blew the trumpets, smashed the jars, grasping the torches in their left hands and holding in their right hands the trumpets they were to blow. They, they obeyed. It didn't make logical sense. It didn't, didn't line up and compute in the natural. 
But they obeyed boldly. They said, Gideon, we believe you're a man of God. We believe you hear from the Lord. And if this is what God wants, then we will obey. No matter how foolish we may look in the natural, no matter how crazy this story may sound, we're going to obey no matter what. And so they obey. So they surround the valley. 120,000 in, 300 around. And Gideon says, on my shout, everybody yell. And then smash your jar, blow your trumpet, and start waving your torch. And so they do. They boldly obey. And look what happens, verse 22. When the 300 trumpets sounded, the Lord caused the men throughout the camp to turn on each other with their swords. They won. They won. God gave them an uncommon outcome. When they believed God at his word, when, it, when, it was, when they trusted in uncommon logic and they boldly obeyed, God gave them an uncommon outcome. God gave them victory. 300 versus 120,000 with no weapons should not yield victory. But it did. But it did. did and here's what i believe today next level church i believe that the same god who gave them an uncommon victory then is here today to give us an uncommon victory as well and today's baptism sunday today is baptism sunday today is a day where we obey what Jesus told us to do. See, throughout the Bible, throughout the New Testament, we find this, this pattern that basically says this, repent and be baptized. Now, that repent word is, is, like a, is a Bible word that basically means do a 180, turn around. So in other words, you've been walking in one direction away from God. When we repent, it means we literally do a 180, we turn our back to sin, and we walk back in the direction of God. As I look across this room today, I can't help but see so many of us, dozens and dozens of us, hundreds of us, who've done that. We've put our faith in Jesus Christ. And see, we, we find this pattern in the Bible that says that when you do that, when you put your faith in Christ, when you repent and you turn from sin and you turn back toward God, you accept Christ into your heart, believe that what he did on the cross was payment for our sin, not because we're good enough or strong enough, but he overcame the impossible odds. When you do that... Your next step is to be baptized. Repent and be baptized. Turn to God and be baptized. Put your faith in Christ and be baptized. Repent and be baptized. And the word baptize actually means to submerse. It means to go down into the water because baptism is a picture of what Jesus did for us. In the book of Romans, it actually talks about how Baptism, when we're baptized, it is a, it is a, it's a copy, it's a, it's a picture of what Jesus did for us. Because see, when Jesus died on the cross, then he was removed and he was buried in the tomb. And so for those we're going to see in just a moment who are being baptized, it's, it's the equivalent of being buried. So when you go down in the water, it's as if you're being buried with Christ, buried to sin. And see, when Jesus was buried, he took with him sin, death, and hell, and he buried it once and for all. And then when we come up out of the water, it's a picture of, on the third day, Easter Sunday, Jesus was resurrected from the dead. So baptism is a picture 
of what Jesus has done on the inside of us. That's why it's so cool that the Bible tells us, here's what I want you to do. Once your life has been transformed, once you've put your faith in Christ, your next step is to visually, with a picture, show the whole world the decision you've made. See, baptism is the outward expression of the inward work of God in our hearts. And so today's Baptism Sunday, and, and we're going to believe God at his word. God said, repent and be baptized. That's why we do this. Well, do you sprinkle? No, we don't sprinkle. You know why? Because we sprinkle donuts. <laughs> Here's the reason why. Because in the word of God, it, it, we take our, our cues from this book. And nowhere in this book do we ever find an infant being sprinkled for baptism. What we do find is someone who is of age to have the cognitive understanding to, to grasp the decision that they're making to no longer go their own way, but to put their faith in Christ and accept Jesus as their Savior, that, that then someone is supposed to be baptized. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to believe God's word today. We're going to take him at his word, and we're going to trust in uncommon logic. Bro, you want us to go change clothes? and go get dipped in a pool and you're going to tell us that something supernatural is going to happen when I do? Yep. You know what? I am always astonished at the stories we hear coming out of Baptism Sunday. The stories of the miracles that God begins to do. That our simple step of bold obedience to the uncommon logic of go get dunked in a pool. Miracles in marriages. Miracles in relationships. Miracles in families between parents and children who haven't spoken in years. Miracles in, in, in business opportunities. Miracles in finances. In every area of our life. Healings that take place. Why? Because when we believe God in His Word, when we trust in uncommon logic, and we boldly obey, we can expect uncommon results and victory. And so guys, listen... Today is Baptism Sunday, and there are some of us who have come in today, you, the, you being baptized, you was the furthest thing from your mind. Some of you came in, you're ready, you signed up, awesome. Some of you, it was the furthest thing from your mind. You're like, there ain't no way in the world to get me in a pool, and right now, God is speaking to your heart. Right now, God is saying to you, hey, I want you to go. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to dismiss right now. If you signed up, get up, dismiss. This is your moment. If you haven't, get up. This is your moment. Listen, if you're here and you want to be baptized, you've never been baptized before, this is your moment. We got everything. You heard the guy say it. We got shorts and t-shirts. We got hair dryers, makeup remover. You name it. Listen, get up right now. Get up and go. God wants you to respond. Come on. Right now. Right now. Woo! Come on, give it up for them. Come on, just get up. Just get up. You've never been baptized. Just go. Yeah, but, but what are people going to think? They're going to think you're awesome. Well, yeah, but what about, what about, da -da -da. you will never forget today. Remember the day you went to church and came home all wet? That's an awesome day. Well, I don't have all my family and friends here. Good news, we got it all on video. We're recording the whole deal. It's better anyway. 
Family and friends, we'll dismiss you out in a couple minutes. We're going to go let them get their stuff and get changed and get lined up and get ready to go. So I'll dismiss you here in a couple minutes, family and friends, so you can be out there and take pictures and do whatever you want to do. Everybody else, we're just going to sit right here in the comfort of our air conditioning and watch it on the screens. It's going to be powerful. Guys, listen. Which, by the way, if you want to get up at any time, just go. Just go. Just go. You won't disrupt me. Just do it. If God's tugging on your heart, listen, fathers, some of you fathers need to set the example for your home. Mom, some of you need to, to say, I want to do this so that my kids and my husband will watch this and see the declaration I'm making that my faith is holy in Jesus. So just get up and go. Just get up and go. As God promised you, anytime during this deal, just get up and go. Well, listen, while they're changing their clothes, here's what, here's what I want to do. I want to talk to every one of us left in the room. Because I believe that there are some of us who are here today. Come on, you guys, that's awesome. Listen, I believe there are some of us who are here today and we're facing impossible circumstances. That you're facing something in your life and you don't know how it's going to work out. And you don't know how to pull it off. And you, plain and simple, you need a miracle. Well, guess what? We serve a God who can take 300 soldiers who happen to drink properly with torches pickle jars and trumpets and defeat an army of 120,000. I don't know what you're facing today, but we serve a God who wants to give you an uncommon outcome and victory. So how does, how does it happen? Here's how it happens. Number one, we got to believe God at his word. We got to believe God at his word. We got to believe. What does God's word say about our circumstance? Are we obeying fully what God says? If we need a miracle in our business, listen, are we honoring God by handling our business with integrity? If we need a miracle in our relationships, are we honoring God in our relationships? Are we, are we listening to his word? Are we obeying? If we need a miracle in our finances, are we honoring God the way his word says to honor him? We have to believe his word. Number two, we have to trust on common logic. Listen, listen, when we decide to, to, to line our life up in any area with this book, it will always contradict the way our culture and our world around us tells us we're supposed to be living. But if we want to set our life up for uncommon victory and be able to expect God to bring it, we got to listen to his word. We got to trust in uncommon logic. Number three, we got to boldly obey. What do you need to do today to boldly obey. Some of us right now, we're going to pray in just a minute and then we're going to go live. The pool came. Some of us need to pray right now and cross a line in our heart that we're going to change the way we've been living. We're going to line our life up with God's word. We're going to start tithing. We're going to, we're going to move out because we've been living with our girlfriend or our boyfriend and it doesn't honor God. It doesn't make sense to the world's logic. But some of us, we've been cheating around the corners in our business dealings or our financial dealings. And God says, you gotta, you got to live with integrity or else I can't give you victory. So this is what we're going to do. We're going to pray right now. And if you need a miracle, if you're facing the impossible, then cross a line in your heart today that says, God, from this moment forward, I'm going to honor you. I'm going to listen and believe your word. I'm going to trust your uncommon logic. And I'm going to boldly obey even when it doesn't make sense to the world around you. Across this room, can we bow our heads? Let's bow our heads. Jesus, right now, I come to you and I pray in Jesus' name that you would begin to move 
Lord, I pray that you would begin to touch people's lives. Lord, I pray right now that you would begin to do it, Lord. You would do the miraculous, Father. It is you and you alone that we need. It is you, God, that we trust. It is you, God, that we're looking to. And Father, we believe your word today. And so, Father, I pray for divine courage to flow in this room for people who are facing impossible circumstances. Give them divine wisdom, God, that they would line up their marriage. They would line up their thought life. They would line up their financial lives. They would line up their relational lives with your word, God. God, they would trust you and trust your uncommon logic, Lord. They would not look to the world and say, well, this is what the world says I ought to do. No, they would look to your word and say, this is what the word says I'm going to do. And God, I pray for courage today for people to boldly obey, boldly obey in Jesus' name. Boldly obey. And God, when we do those things, then and only then, can we begin to confidently expect uncommon outcomes and victory so god today we pray for victory in jesus name and all across this room everyone said amen come on can we just clap